Um, killer whales kill 17 sharks off the coast of South Africa. Um, I'm not sure why that story made headlines over here. It was the worst day of mass murder by these two whales so far uh, that researchers have documented, but they've been at it for a long, long time. Um, as some of you know, I was in South Africa last month, and before I went there, I didn't know a whole lot about South Africa, very little, to be honest with you. What I did know was the wildlife, right? Incredible safaris, which, yeah, boy, did they ever. That's on land, and at sea, great white sharks. You've seen it. If you've ever watched a shark documentary, um, they're quite often done in South Africa because there's a lot of great white sharks. At least there used to be. So I had a few days in Cape Town at the very end of the trip, and I started looking into shark tours. You can go cage diving. You can go out on boats. You can view the sharks. But you quickly realize, as you're reading about this and reading some of the reviews and reading some of the news stories, you're not going to see great whites off the coast of South Africa. It's very unlikely these days because they're gone. And the reason they're gone is because they've been hunted over the past few years by two killer whales, just two of them, named Port and Starbird, have taken up residence off the coast of South Africa and taken to killing sharks. And the sharks have learned enough to say, you know what, let's get out of here. And it's really causing some major problems, as you might expect. So to find out exactly how this all got started and how it might end, we're going to chat with Simon Elwin, who is the director of the Sea Search Research and Conservation and Namibian Dolphin Project, also a research associate in the Department of Zoology and Botany at Stellenbosch University. Uh, Simon, thank you for joining us. Hi, no problem. Thanks for having me. Stellenbosch, I was, I was in your beautiful little town a few weeks ago. What a gorgeous part of the world, Simon. It's amazing. It is, and absolutely a lot warmer than it sounds like it is there. Before the yeah, a lot warmer, no doubt about it. So um, I think most of us know, you know, if, if you've watched Shark Week, uh, you know that there's been a lot of shark documentaries and a lot of shark research and tourism and everything done where you are um, in South Africa because there are great white sharks. But that's all changing, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's correct. You did, you did a very good summary there. Uh, so we so we look at a piece of coast that's around 800 kilometers long. And over this area where the sharks, the white sharks used to occur, the whole range has shifted. So Cape Town used to be the real like hotspot for white shark cage diving. And since 2016, 2017, they, they've just started reducing the numbers. We've seen a real shift eastwards in their range. And this is because of just two killer whales, brothers, right? Port and Starboard. Tell us about them. Uh, well, we're not sure if they're brothers. Uh, we, we have collected genetic samples, and, and they're still being analyzed. Uh, but they, they do hang out together almost exclusively, just the two of them together, with very, a handful of sightings where they're with other animals. And, yeah, that seems to be very much linked to them. But there are also a lot of ecosystem changes um, around South Africa. You know, we're right down the, the bottom of the, Af uh, the, the continent is where... Uh, there's a lot of boundaries between the warm ecosystem on the east and the west. And, and so we have seen quite a lot of climate change impact here on, on various fish species. So, so there's, there's multiple things at play, but, but short-term impacts by the killer whales, absolutely. It's really fascinating. It's something that you, you just don't see in other animals. It's amazing. And, I mean, and, and the hunting style that they've adopted and developed is like, it's almost surgical. Tell us what they do when they go after sharks. Right, well, this whole story has been started back in 2015 when they were, they were first seen around uh, Cape Town. And then, you know, soon after, seven gills were, were sort of started appearing dead. They were found by divers. And they were, they were found at that point ripped open, essentially, or torn open. And they almost looked like a cut 
with their livers missing. Um, and and uh, the initial thought was that, oh, maybe it's fishermen, they're killing these small sharks and using the livers as bait. Um, and, uh, you know, but it was, it was such a clinical-looking wound that these, these dead sharks had. And then, you know, the evidence has been mounting over the years. In 2017 was the first time they started to take white sharks, which were much bigger. Um, and it was the same modus operandi. The, the, the shark is essentially pulled open. As far as we can tell, it looks like they're pulled open, like one on each flipper or possibly one holding a tail and one pulling a flipper. And it like rips the shark open and makes a very neat cut, pops the liver out. The liver on a shark is, is, is huge. It's much bigger than ours. It's very rich in oils. And that's what the shark uses um, for flotation. It uses oils that don't have an air bladder like uh, bony fish have. So the, the, the liver is really like nutri- it's incredibly nutritious, and that's the, about half the, the, the energy and, and nutrition in, in a shark is its liver. So they just rip these sharks open, pop the liver out, eat the liver, and move on. And so they're very wasteful eaters. Yeah. But this is well known about killer whales globally. And and in turn, as we've talked about, uh, the great whites decided to move, right? I mean, or, or were they just reduced in number? Do we know? Did they learn that this wasn't a safe place? Or were just so many of them taken by the whales? Why have we seen the change in great white populations? Well, unfortunately, we don't really have the numbers on, on the exact numbers taken. We know for sure what's what's washed up on the beaches, and Alison Towner and, and Alison Cock, colleagues of mine, have done a really good job of sort of, of, of collating those animals and doing necropsies and really trying to put the piece of the puzzle together. And, you know, we're probably low tens that have definitely washed up on the beaches, but it's almost certain there's, there's more animals at sea. The, the predation, series of predation events we described uh, that happened last year, we got some drone footage from a colleague based in Mossel Bay, and we, we managed to collate that with some footage taken from a helicopter. And we think they took possibly five white sharks on the same day. But they were wow. starboard with a, a few other individuals. And that, that's huge. I mean, the white shark population, the numbers are a little bit vague, but you're dealing with a few hundred to low thousands at, at the best. And that's, that's a population of animals that range over hundreds and thousands of kilometers. So it's a very small population. Even, even though there were certain aggregation sites where white shark cage diving was incredibly successful. Yeah. White sharks are endangered. You know, they they, yeah. they still get targeted by fishermen illegally. They still get by caught. They they're quite high up the food chain. They, they're definitely not the top of the food chain, unfortunately. But uh, you know, they they are vulnerable species. And so this is a really complicated situation for us as, as conservation biologists and for our managers at the government. You know, what do you do? You have an endangered, charismatic species eating another endangered, charismatic species. <laughs> Do you, do you kill a killer whale? Well, that's the thing. That that's what I, I mean. I was yeah. I, I was talking with my producer about it yesterday, and I was saying, you know what? I think maybe you, I don't know if you kill the killer whales or if you scare. I don't know what you do. I guess that's what are the solutions that are being put forward, Simon? I mean, that, that has been discussed, in all honesty. I mean, it's been raised. You obviously have to, someone's going to propose it. Um, we, are, we have been concerned that uh, perhaps angry shark cage dive operators have taken a few pot shots at them. Um, but we don't think anybody has. Uh, it, it's definitely off the table. There, there will be no lethal management of killer whales in South Africa. We are a very conservation-focused country. Um, and it, it is natural. As, as far as we know, you know, this is, this is just natural. It's not a result of like an entanglement or fisheries bycatch or something. That would be a human-induced yeah. issue that, that we'd be ethically obliged to, to, to manage. And, and, you know, the white sharks have been around. They've been around since before flowers, right? Sharks are an incredible, I don't work on sharks myself much, but they are an incredible taxon of, of animals. They've, they've been around since they predate the dinosaurs. So 
sharks are survivors, and they, these individuals are ranging over hundreds of thousands of kilometers. So although two killer whales might have an impact at these aggregation sites, as soon as the sharks leave, it's a case of hide and seek in an ocean. Um, and, and I think the sharks have got to win that. Uh, and we know the killer whales are definitely taking multiple species of sharks, and there's far more of these seven gills and spotted um, gully sharks and these other sort of more common coastal species of sharks. So I don't think the population of white sharks is endangered by the killer whales. It's right. certainly affected their behavior. And it's affected but, the shark uh, tourism yeah. operations too. It really has. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> been a, and it, it's such a dynamic situation, even... You know, today, this this last week. Now, when when did this happen? This was a week ago. We had mm-hmm. these predation events. And after that, the animals moved 500 kilometers east, and they were seen off, off Mossel Bay, which is currently the white shark hotspot. And then today, they passed back through False Bay, so 600 kilometers west. So wow. these animals are, are moving hundreds of kilometers in, in a matter of days. And they, they pop through each bay, spend a few hours, predate, move on. And they've, they've been missing since... November, I think they were last seen. You know, so we're not quite sure where they're going when we're not seeing them. We hope uh, to be putting satellite tags on on one or the other of them over the next year or two. Uh, but it's very challenging. I mean, today they literally popped in the bay Friday afternoon. I'm fetching my kids from school. Like, I can't. I just can't. You know, you just you have to be prepared. You run out the door and jump to the nearest boat and and try and do it. But it's incredibly challenging to work on it. It's it's amazing. It, it's uh, it, it is such an interesting story that uh, here on the other side of the world we're paying attention. So Simon, thank you so much for walking us through it. I appreciate your time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.